Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away. So it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award-winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Lacrosse Boots. Now, Lacrosse is at it again with a new line of lace-up hunting boots, the Navigator Series. And in that Navigator Series, there are two models. There's the Atlas for men and the Windrose for both men and women. To find out more information about this new Navigator Series, visit lacrossefootwear.com. My name is Clay Newcomb, and I'm the host of the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. I'll also be your host into the world of hunting, the icon of North American wilderness, the bear. We'll talk about tactics, gear, conservation, but we'll also bring you into some of the wildest country on the planet chasing bear. For all you houndsmen out there, check out our friends over at W Hunting Supply, dusupply.com. W has been in business since 2000, so for almost 20 years they've been serving houndsmen, and their biggest thing is that they hunt with the products that they use. They really do. When you call the guys at W or the ladies at W, they know these products. They're houndsmen and houndswomen and they're going to bend over backwards to give you incredible customer service and stand behind all the products that they sell. They've also got a very unique and custom line of t-shirts, hound t-shirts with cool graphics, and you're going to like W Hunting Supply. Also, check out our friends at Northwoods Bear Products. We're coming into the fall. Bear baiting season is winding down. But we can't talk enough about the fact if you're baiting bears, you, you, you need to be using commercial scents. And check out Northwoods Bear Products' full line of scents at northwoodsbearproducts.net. Check them out. And lastly, our good buddies at the Western Bear Foundation. 
You know, sometimes just having a voice inside of a situation is really important. Sometimes just showing up is the most important thing that we can do. And the Western Bear Foundation is a voice out there with the bear conflict mitigation and right out there in the heat of the battle right now with the delisting of the grizzly. And, uh, and they're a voice of reason and a voice of the hunter and a voice for conservation and a voice for the North American model of wildlife conservation out there in a pretty crazy conversation with people that don't understand our way of life. And, and uh, the Western Bear Foundation is just a voice. Just this week they were petitioning people to just for sportsmen, sportsmen to just go to a public event where they were looking for pu- feedback from the public. And uh, again, it's these kind of services that bring attention to needed things in the outdoor community. Anyway, valuable organization. They're driven by membership, nonprofit, hunting conservation organization. Check out the Western Bear Foundation. This week, I have a very special guest at the global headquarters today. And that guest is my daughter, River Newcomb. Hi, River. Hi. This is your first time, your long-time listener, first-time yes. guest on the yes. podcast. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about River's hunt because River had a successful bear hunt here in Arkansas about just a few weeks ago. And just this week, we released a video that uh, called River's Bear. And if you if you haven't seen that video, I don't know if it would be... It might be better to listen to the podcast first, but you gotta if you're listening to this podcast, you got to watch the video. Of all the video that that I've produced, I feel like it's one of the best films, not just because my daughter was in it, which that could potentially make me make me biased in some way. But the the story spanned two years, a serious accident, a mule wreck. And an encounter with a giant color-faced bear that we did not capitalize on. And then eventually, River taken a really nice bear in Arkansas. I mean, a very nice bear. Pope and Young, 19-inch-plus skull bear in Arkansas. And But more important than that, the, the whole sequence of events from the perspective of a father was really powerful. Because River had to endure a lot. She had to uh, practice a lot of restraint. And uh, so but we're going to talk about all those details. Okay. But so, River, I want to start off with a little uh, little history. When River was, how old were you when you saw your first bear out there with, when we were baiting bears? When we were baiting, I was like four the first bear I saw. Okay. After I had that dream. Do you remember? Do you, I remember that so vividly, yeah. Tell, tell us that story. Well, we had a bait, and you were, you didn't we didn't have any pictures of the bear, right? Or just any bear, and you were gonna um, you were we were gonna move the bait and move it somewhere else. But that night, I was gonna go with you the next day, and that night I had a dream that we were at the bear bait, and there's bear there's like cubs. It was just a bunch of cubs. Well, the bear the had left. That's yeah, what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. bear the bears were gone. Like I was baiting bears. Okay. And I had one bait, and the and the bears left. And so, you know, I would have come home, you'd have been four, and it might yeah, have been real I was dramatic. I was really like, young. the bears are gone. Yeah. You know, the and hunt's we were over. Take the, yeah, okay, that's probably what happened. And then you had a dream. And I, yeah, I had a dream, and there was just a bunch of bears at the bait. And you and told I me that. And I begged you. And I you're four years you. old. Yeah. Yeah, and I begged you to let us bait it one more time. And so we went out, like, a couple of days later, and we had the back filled with bread. 
and we carried it back there. You gave me like a little Walmart sack and you had a big old trash bag and I carried it out there. And I was just like not, I was just like dancing through the woods with my little trash bag with bread. And I looked up and you were like crouched down on the ground and you were looking at me with your finger over your mouth telling me to be quiet. And I tiptoed over there and you pointed out and there was like, to me it was a massive bear. Right. And it looked so big yeah. and I was scared <laughs> i i just grabbed on your arm and was like oh my gosh yeah i remember exactly what you said you were just like happy go lucky and then you saw the bear and you immediately <laughs> latched onto my leg and said let's go you <laughs> oh, just no. said you just said let's go i mean you were just like oh, no. uh-uh, i don't want any part of that bear man when, it, see, in my mind when i look back i remember that being awesome and not being scared but it, it was so funny because you were just like just immediately just like, like let's no go way. Let's get out of here. So, so that was Rivers' like first thing, first like like sequence of interacting with bears. Yeah. And and so for years we were like, River had a dream that the bears came back and it actually happened. Awesome because of it. Yeah. And and uh, so that was that. Mm -hmm. And then you would have bear baited with me and stuff for years. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But so I saw a lot of people letting their young kids shoot bears over bait, mm -hmm. which, man, more us. power to them. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I did not want the Newcomb kids to kill a bear until I felt like they could truly appreciate it. Yeah, and you had it instilled in us that, like, a bear was this majestic animal, and if you were going to kill it, you were going to earn it. Yeah. And that's a lot of the video, like, when watching the video, you yeah. can see that. We weren't going to be able to um, kill a bear unless we could shoot it with a bow. Yeah. And that was the challenge. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, and and I and not to take something away from somebody that lets a six or seven or eight year old kid yeah. shoot a yeah. bear. That's that's any parent's prerogative, but I just knew that it would cheapen it a little bit if you were that young. Yeah. And so you were the first Newcomb that I ever let bear hunt. Yeah. I mean for years y'all were totally capable. Y'all were killing deer. Yeah. Y'all were killing turkeys. Uh and we baited with you. For yeah, and you knew that you knew what was happening and everything. But you were 13 years old uh -huh. when you could pull the weight limit for archery mm -hmm. in Arkansas. And I was like, I worked for that all summer. I was like, River, this is the year. Yeah, we're, uh, I want you to kill a bear. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so that was 2016. Yes, and you just turned 13, and uh, and and you killed a bear. Mm -hmm. The first first afternoon we hunted. I mean, you helped me bait and do a bunch of stuff, but you killed a really nice color faced bear out at uh, at James Lawrence's old home place. Yes, yeah, and, that was uh, out in the mountains, and uh, that was a really awesome experience. And we you killed a bear. River Newcomb killed a bear. Well, so as it goes in our family, we don't just have unlimited access to be able to hunt and shoot bears over bait i mean we've got yeah. some good properties but usually what it boils down to is we work our fingers to the bone and when opening day comes we have one spot that's good yeah and because i i killed that bear when i was 13 and then the next year i didn't i sat on a bait for a long time i didn't even see a bear and yeah. then when i was 15 we went back to yeah. where I, well point being the next year I decided to bypass our oldest son and and skip down to our youngest son. Yeah, and let him bear hunt. Yeah, because Bear wanted to kill it on. Well, we'd made a we, we. I feel like every kid is so different that you can't just script out just what they're supposed to do. Bear Newcomb, he was hunting with me in the mountains in national forest, and I just said, "Hey, Bear, how about you not kill a bear over bait? You 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 restrain yourself from that." And 
you just take five years and let's try to kill one in the mountains. Yeah. And so he's not hunted over bait until this year. He went hunting with James over bait one day without me knowing they were supposed to go deer hunting. Did you know that? <laughs> I did not. Know I that. thought Mr. James was taking bear deer hunting. Oh, really? And they went and sat on that bait. Well, good thing he didn't get one. Good thing he didn't get one. Well, so, so Bear Rivers' younger brother has been bypassed, and Shepherd killed a bear. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to kind of throw Shepherd a bone. Yeah. And he had a lot yeah. of desire. And for whatever reason, I just felt like I needed to give him a taste of success mm-hmm. fairly easily. And I feel like that's played out very well because now sure. Shepherd is like, I mean, in like He's like June, a better hunter than me. Well, in like June, he's like, hey, Dad, we got to start shooting, oh, man. Yeah. We got to start getting ready. Where are we going to bait bear? What, you know, he's like. He's yeah, like he always it. makes sure I'm shooting my bow. Yeah. And I'm. Yeah, so Shepard's 11 right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, we well, say all that to say in 2018, we gained access to a piece of property that was inaccessible by vehicle. Mm-hmm. Okay. You could not drive a four wheeler in there legally. You could not. The only way to get in there is either by foot or by equine animal. And it was basically a mile and a half from where we could park the truck, straight up a mountain, a lot of elevation gain for Arkansas. And uh, we gained access to hunt this piece of private land. And in Arkansas, we can only bait bears on private land in certain zones, okay? And so we knew that this property was going to be pretty good. We really did, just because of how secluded it was. Typically in Arkansas and in pretty much anywhere, the more secluded, the more access to vast amounts of public land around where you're baiting the more of that the better so we knew this place was going to be good so in 2018 uh in early september we gained access to the property Mm -hmm. and we started baiting on september 15th 2018 is that correct is that when it happened or was it the 16th it was the 14th but okay i said i guess that was yeah yeah let's just say it was the 15th So on September 15th, 2018, River and I basically bushwhacked in, bushwhacked in to where we, could, where we could park. We had two mules with panniards. We loaded up the mules with probably 150 to 200 pounds of bait each. Uh, season opened in like eight days. It opened on September 22nd. So we were just baiting like seven days, seven days before season. We went up there. We didn't carry a barrel in. We just put the bait right on the ground, put up a bear, a bear box and a cuddyback camera and left it. And just had no idea what was like. You know, when you start a new bait, even if it's in a good location, a lot of times these bears are fixed in on baits in other places. Like yeah. baiting does kind of change the bear landscape for a certain period of time because bears are extremely habitual even down to the day of when they show up at a bait site. They yeah. really are, River. Um, it's, it's, like a, it's like a biological thing. Like if a bear knows that this certain section of a white oak ridge always produces, he remembers that for his entire life. Yeah. And he goes back there and checks it every year. And uh, I remember Will Beeson one time told me that he used to leave cameras up year-round on his bait sites even when he wasn't baiting. And the bears would always show for like years in a row. The bears showed up on the very same day, even before he started baiting. Really? Yeah. Like, like they, they, they were real meticulous about when they started baiting bears. And, uh, and 
a bear would have not been there for months and would show up the day before they started baiting. And it's, they just know. They're just, they get, so I say that to say, even if you have a good location, you never know if you're going to be able to draw bears because bears may be, you know, I mean, bear movement is, is, nav, is influenced by bear baits when you can bait bears. It's pulling bears away. So we didn't know. Well. And just like I wanted to kill a bear that year. I didn't kill a bear. I think I was 15 and I hadn't killed a bear. Since I was 13. Well, you hunted, you killed a bear in 15, you hunted 16 and 17 and, and didn't, didn't kill a bear. didn't kill anything. So I 18. wanted to kill a bear and we were like, why don't we kill it? Like, well, why for whatever we reason, when I got access to this property, I was just like, yeah, this is going to be river spot. Did you know? I mean, I didn't know that. I was just like, I'm going to go baiting with you and maybe. Well, I mean, I could have done anything with that spot. I yeah. Mean, I could have. Or like a lot of times on the day or like a couple days, like we'd be driving down to where we're going to bear hunt, and we'd be like, okay, River's going to hunt here, Shepherd's going to hunt here. I was just going baiting with you okay. the first day one. Like, okay. I didn't know that was going to be my spot. I didn't know how, like, how hard it was You probably just weren't be paying attention when I told you. <laughs> probably not. But but I just had no Like, I was just going to bait with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I wasn't. Well, I, I had in my mind from the very beginning, for whatever reason, I was just like, this is going to be River's spot. Because I knew it was going to be really hard. Yeah, pretty quick I realized, like, this is going to be my spot, and this is, like, yeah. a significant mountain. But And, and it was a... Uh, I knew it was going to be incredible. I really did, and uh, and I just I just had this. I just I don't know. It's just like from the very beginning, it's like this is going to be river spot. I mean, I've never killed a bear up there. Yeah, you know. Um, September fifteenth, two thousand eighteen. We go up there. We put out our bait. We leave. And it's we're, hard to get up there. It's not coming. easy to it's, walk. It's it's an it's an hour and a half walk. Yeah, and we're leading mules in. Yeah, but on foot. Okay, so we're not riding the mules in most of the time. We're leading the mules in. They're carrying all our gear and our bait. So we're getting a heck of a workout mm-hmm. hour and a half through the mountains up to this spot, which on the on the Garmin, it's it's really only about a mile and a half, but you're gaining about, uh, you're gaining a lot of elevation yeah, for these mountains. Yeah, it, it really does. It, it, it really does. But so here's what happened is, is we had a riding saddle on my young mule, Izzy, which a lot of you guys may have seen us training Izzy and stuff. Well, I was just like, hey, River, you want to ride Izzy down the mountain? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, okay. And I, it truly is one of the biggest just kind of like blind spot mistakes that I've made as a father that put my kids in danger. For real, I look at it like that. Because I, I, I was just like, yeah, I just ride that three-year-old mule down down this big mountain. And uh, as soon as she got on it, Izzy was kind of just, just high-spirited. I remember yeah. you were kind of having a little bit of – Trouble controlling her, and, or just uh, limbs being so low. That's right. I, it, that's what. It, that's what. I, and I thought that was just gonna be at the top of the mountain. Like at first, I got caught in like yeah, a thorn bush. Izzy's like the second. Not a I got big off. mule, but she's not a short mule, so you're kind of up in the trees. Mm-hmm. And yeah, boy, riding in Arkansas—that's the biggest hazard of riding the way that we're using these mules in the mountains of Arkansas—is that you're constantly ducking and fighting yeah. limbs, and you could get raked off a mule pretty easy if you're not moving around and limber. And, yeah. Bouncing around. And so I, I just let her ride, and I was going to lead my other mule down the mountain because we only had a saw buck. A saw buck is a, is a pack saddle that you can't ride. So you had a riding saddle. Ellie at the time had that pack saddle, you know. Mm-hmm. And so there, just there you go off the mountain. And, no, you know, no big deal. I didn't even think a thing about it. Well, directly you get out about 50 yards in front of me, maybe 40, 
and I see Izzy start trotting. And then all of a sudden I start hear you start yelling and I see Izzy go into a full gallop. What happened? She we got out a little ways in front of you and there's a limb there's a limb hanging down and it was just like it wasn't it was just about as thick as your wrist. And it was coming and it was just gonna hit me like right in the chest and so I bent over sideways. She wasn't trotting yet. Okay. And I bent over sideways to duck under that limb, which wasn't smart. And when I bent over I grabbed the saddle horn and she took off running. She just didn't I guess she just didn't like the I think you squeezed her with your legs probably. cueing her to yeah, run. That was probably what it was. And she just took off. Like she she was running fast down that mountain. Yeah. And I I didn't have the reins and you kept you were telling me like yank the rein you were telling me to just pull on her you yeah. you were telling me to do something. Yeah. And I I was just like I, I don't yelling, have the reins. I was yelling at the top of my lungs. Yeah, and I I mean I just wasn't gonna let go with that saddle horn. But yeah. And so which, what I see is I see this mule at a full gallop just disappear over the crest of this steep hill. With with river sliding off the side. That's the last image I had of you. Was you about halfway off of the mule, like going down, and this mule running as fast as a mule can run downhill. Yeah. And I've ever since we've been riding mules and with the kids involved. I mean, there's inherent danger in pretty much everything that we do. Yeah. Um, and I've always just thought, you know, I mean, this is dangerous, but this is something that we're going to do and anyway this was the bad dream that I thought could happen and it was happening right before my eyes and I drop the rain the lead rope on my mule and just take off running and I finally catch up with you guys and I see Izzy facing me with no river nukem on her back and I see you head first on the ground on your back with your head down the mountain and your legs up the mountain mm -hmm. And I honestly didn't know if you if you were alive. Yeah. And so I run to you, and yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Because um, <laughs> when we, <laughs> when we were going down, she was like, I hung on for a long time. I hung on for a long time. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. And she was like jump, jumping, like she was like jumping like logs and and going through ditches and stuff. And my, yeah. I can't remember why, but I, somebody it might have been you, but somebody told me if you ever get in a situation like that, just kind of roll off. Okay. And I'm not sure if that person was credible, but that's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking in the moment. And my foot was like stuck in the stir and the stirrup on the other side. And mm -hmm. I was leaning, like I was like, I was just riding on like my, I was not sitting straight up on her. I was like, yeah, you were, you were, and she was just running. So you rolled off on purpose? No, no, but I was like, this like, is like new news. No, 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 no. I did not. Yeah, roll I think off my advice is to ride it out. Yeah, that's what you've always, always told us. But just like, somebody ride. said just if don't you're going come off to of that fall, mule. yeah, that's what you've always told us. But somebody said if you're gonna fall, just roll off. Because I mean, <laughs> I wasn't even hardly on her. Like my one leg was not in the stirrup anymore. Right, right. Don't know how that happened. But I was just hanging off the side of her as she was running, and yeah. my other leg was just stuck, and I couldn't get it off. And anyways, the saddle like kind of broke. Like something happened, and but it the saddle like, kind of probably spun a little bit on. Yeah, it, or something happened, and I. Like she jumped over a log and my leg finally just got loose and I just hit the ground. And at first I was just kind of like, what the heck? And I thought if anything was wrong, it was going to be that I had just broken my leg. Okay. Because it twists inside. Like I didn't even realize that my head was like bleeding or anything. Yeah. At first. So I run up to you and I'm like, 
you know, are you okay? Are you okay? Don't move. Don't move. And, and I, I kind of just started like poking you like, you know, and I just thought if she's, if she's broken somewhere, you know, you'll be really tender. And I kind of, you know, I couldn't find anything broken. And I put my head behind your, your hand, my hand behind your head and pulled my hand out. My hand had a bunch of blood on it. Yeah. And that's when we saw the cut on your head. Yeah. And, and we didn't think it was that big deal, but I remember reaching back and like, it was deep. Like you could feel it and tell it was deep. Yeah. But well, we'll, we'll, we'll cut, we'll, we'll shorten the story a little bit here. The, basically it was a cut so deep that you could see her skull. Mm-hmm. And River came, walked all the way off the mountain, leading in a mule. I mean, we sat there on the ground. I'll tell you exactly what we did. We sat there on the ground, and we prayed. And I just thank God that you were alive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I mean, we're way back in the mountains. No cell coverage. I mean, what else are we going to do? We just walked out of there. And, yeah. you, and you were you were... You were capable of that. Yeah. And sure. it just shook up and bleeding. And uh, and we go to the nearest medical facility and basically have a pretty terrible experience. We stayed there for like eight hours. Yeah, we were in the waiting room for six hours. <sighs> and then we went back and, there and sat there for two hours. And so River, turns out, has a, a concussion. And uh, we believe that she probably fractured her rib. They never did any x-rays on that. But it's because, you know, there's really not much they can do about a fractured rib. Yeah, but a doctor that we know said it was probably yeah. fractured. Yeah, and then she had eight staples in her head. and Without the numbing stuff. Anesthesia, yeah. It was hours. Like, while the guy came in, like, hours after we'd been there. They we, said, were, we sat in the waiting room for six hours. And, and he said, hey, has she been given any uh, Tylenol or anything for pain? And River and I just looked up at him and was like, no, we hadn't seen anybody. Mm-hmm. And basically he was like, oh, my gosh, you've been here this long and hadn't had any pain. And, and River is like, she, I, she's very just physically tough. She's tough. She, she's been taught to ignore pain like Rambo. Yes, like Rambo. And so uh, anyway, it, we, I felt terrible because I, I don't know. I just didn't think about it. And anyway, they, they put seven, sta- eight, eight staples eight staple. you said seven in her head. And long story short, we're still kind of recovering from that in in some ways, but so we had a mule wreck. Mm-hmm. Well, we better start talking about bear hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next year, no, well, the no, next no, 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 week. The next week, we go back up on the mountain, and and, and we we couldn't get there the first day of opening season. This is this is stuff we couldn't tell in the video because yeah. it was just too complex of a story, but. We had like flash floods opening day of season yeah. September twenty second. And we drove. We tried to find other ways up there, and we drove back into like the craziest stuff, and tried to yeah. back a mule trailer we, out in we, the middle of the woods. Well, we couldn't cross. There's a a, a a creek that we had to cross. Well, we couldn't get across. It was too high, so we tried to go upstream several miles and come in a whole different direction to get back in where, and we just couldn't do it. So we ended up not hunting the first day mm-hmm. of season. We went back up there the second day. The water went down, and we go up go up there, and it's probably one of the hottest bear baits I've ever seen in Arkansas. And uh, we had one big bear coming in, and River was committed to shoot that bear. I mean, I you know we kind of we kind of talked this through, is that if we're going to commit to hunting this spot, we're not just trying to shoot a bear. 
we're trying to shoot the bear, mm-hmm. you know. And so she was committed to wait for a big, big male. That's what we wanted to do. That was our goal. That's why we put in that much effort and work to go in there. L- let me say too, baiting this spot for us was a was an all, a full day of work. Yeah, because it's two and a half hours from where we live, one way. So that's five, basically five hours of driving, hauling the mules, loading mules, un, uh, you know, putting all the tack and taking the tack off. I mean, basically, you left here early in the morning and you got home at dark, baiting this place one time. And so a lot of work, a lot of work went into it. Mm-hmm. We go up there, and the first day, river passed seven bears, and the big bear never came. Yeah. Do you remember getting out of that stand in the I dark? do. I, that was the worst. There was... I mean, every single time a bear would come in, I would just be like, that is a monster. Yeah, and yeah. I would stand up, and Dad would be like, that's probably a 200-pound sow. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And You saw we more left, bears right then than most people will see it was in, our, crazy. in a lifetime. It was crazy. It really was. But, like, right before we left, I was going to have to go. We had a school trip, and I was going to go on the school trip, and I did not want to go on the school trip without a bear. Right, that right. I was just... I was I did not want to do that because I knew want I was to get gonna on miss my opportunity. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was at full draw. Like I was a I was just so close. Finally, right at dark, I was yeah. like, if you want to shoot one of these bears, go ahead. Yeah, there, and I there, had were, the pig, four there were four bears. There were four bears. There were four bears in front of us, and it was getting dark, and you had to yeah. leave the next morning early. And I I just was I just knew if I was going to get on that bus and I was going to go on that trip, I was going to come back and there were going to be no bears. And I was not going to get a bear again. And I just did not want to do that. So I was at full draw. And I had that pin on one of the bears. I, I don't remember how big it was. But I was just like, oh, I can't do it. Can't Man, do I'm it. so glad you didn't. I'm so glad I didn't. Well, eat, but. this is what I asked if you remembered. So we're, you know, an hour from the truck way back in the mountains. We got the mules tied up a quarter mile from us. And it gets dark. And that mountain was covered in fog. Mm-hmm. And there were four bears within ten yards of our tree. <laughs> yeah, and I turned and they on. Leave. I turned on my light. Yeah, to just I thought this flashlight will spook them off. Man, I turned on that light and they didn't care. They I remember when I cla- crawled down and got on the ground. I shined my flashlight out, and there was a bear about eight yards from me this way. Oh, yeah. And I turned the flashlight this way, and there was a bear about ten yards from me behind they were me. Everywhere, I remember that. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, River, we got to get out of here. Uh-huh. And you crawled down and we hooked it out of there. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've never, I've never quite had an experience like that. Um, I mean, we've been, we've been around bears close, but for something about being that far back in and that spot. And at night and foggy. And, yeah. yeah. It was, it was good. It was good. <laughs> um, so River comes back the next Saturday. We get there and the absolute perfect situation for a oh, bear baiter yes. happens. A giant bear had showed up that very day at the bait. Yeah. He'd never been there before. What I believe was probably a 450 to 500 pound solid black bear yeah. had been there most of the day. And he had, he had just found it that morning. I mean, we could tell by trail camera pictures, like that bear had never been there until that day. In some ways that was good. In some ways it was bad. It was bad because now we were there. And if he smelled us, I knew because he wasn't. He'd never been to the bait. He'd never smelled human there that he was going to be real sensitive to human intrusion. Where the other bears that had been there the whole time we'd been baiting would probably be a little bit more tolerant of the human smell. Well, that turned out exactly right. At 4 o'clock, the big, big black bear came in and got downwind of us and disappeared and we never saw him again. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yeah. We, we, we didn't even show that in the video. I mean, yeah. you just couldn't. Because, I mean, it's just like this image of this, like, bear way off and... I couldn't even tell that part of the story. Well, 
about 45 minutes before dark, the bear that we were, well, the, the other bear that we were after showed up. A, a dark chocolate, very large boar. And it was huge. I mean, um, it was huge. I haven't officially asked uh, Brian Greb, my official Arkansas bear bait weight guesser champion, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that he would agree that the bear was easily over 400 and probably in the 450 range. It was That's so what big. I believe. Yeah. Um, and the bear smells us. He knows we're there. We're up in a tree stand. And he comes right in, and he's at like eight yards broadside, and River shoots him high. Yes. I mean, oh. and, and you'll see it in the video. It's like heartbreaking. It Hits was. him right in the back strap. Yes. With a 40-pound bow. Yes. And the arrow penetrates in about five inches, and the bear runs off. We spend the entire next day looking for the bear. We never find the bear. We get trail camera pictures of the bear. It was actually three days later. We get trail camera pictures of the bear with a big white spot on his back, fully alive. Yeah. And he continued to stay at that bait the rest of the year, only coming in at dark. And we were crushed. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was the worst. It was hard to take. That was, yeah, that was the worst. It really was hard to take. I mean, obviously, for for reasons that, could even go unstated. I mean, you know, for for new hunters that might be listening to this, I mean, it's, it's a it's a massive deal to to wound an animal. Yeah. I mean, you, you, it's never your goal. It's an outlier in terms of it doesn't happen that often, but it did. Mm-hmm. The good news was is that we knew for sure that this bear lived and was okay, which yeah, was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. In that respect, we spent the entire next day looking for that bear. And holy cow, I mean, just like, it was over. Yeah. Like, it, it, there's only so many times we could go down there and hunt. It's not like we could just keep hunting for another week. Yeah, and we did. Was, we came back another day and one bear came in. Yeah. Which was which was not normal for things, that bait. Things dry up quick. Like, like in Arkansas, it's like you get this short window before the acorns fall. Yeah. And, uh, and we knew it was going to dry up quick, and it did. And, uh, and River and I came out of the season – having invested all this work and we're just kind of like dang that it didn't happen and we were both kind of like shocked and surprised yeah. and we really you learned a lot though didn't you river oh yeah oh yeah talk talk to me about exactness um that was a phrase that that we 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 kind of used a lot this year yeah in that your arrow was just a little bit off yeah and because of that I didn't I came out without a bear yeah, and so, I mean, you took that as a principle for your life, though. Yeah. I want to hear you yeah. say it. Um, yeah, exactness was a word that we used a lot in this last year. And, um, like, as a hunter, you know going in, you like, we would, we know there's a specific spot on that bear that you need to hit. And, like, we would look at we would look at the bear targets. We would look at pictures, and we would watch videos. And like you knew where to hit the bear. And on the day, I was like two inches off, and because of that, I came out without a bear. And there was like that was kind of a thing that we talked about. I don't really know how to. Well, we we talked about it as a principle for life. Is is that you know there are places where not just in shooting bows, but in other places in life that yeah you know you needed to be more exact and more intentional and aware yeah and and i think you did a great job of taking this 
principle you learned from hunting and applying it back into your life. That's what I heard you say all year. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Is that is that you were thinking about that with school? You were thinking about that with other things. Is that you know? It seems like such a small miss. Yeah, because it was like if you watch the shot, like even me, you know, in the stand, I'm like, man, I think you probably got his lungs. I mean, like it's it's like one of those shots that you're kind of like, yeah, it was a little high, but it might work. So yeah, it's like it was inches away from being just a ten ring shot. But because because it was off, the whole thing. I mean, it, uh, yeah, I didn't. And so, in, and, inside of life, man, sometimes you got to be exact. Yeah, and there's just a lot of places, like a lot of practical things, like in school or even at home, where there are things that it's like you can be just two inches off, or you can be a little ways away, and if you don't hit the mark, it doesn't like it doesn't count. It doesn't count. And yeah, that was just a thing for that whole and, year. And uh, so River and I, we uh, I've got a confession. Uh, we like Adele. Um, Dad <laughs> likes Adele. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's the song that we sing? Someone like you. <laughs> Talking about that band. Oh uh, well, you were the first one that said it. One day we were listening to music on just driving, and in this song, it's this really sad like love song about. <laughs> How she is looking for someone like you, oh, I, and it's and it, and it was talking about this love lost. Like yes. Adele had like had this man, she lost him, and now she's looking for someone like you. <laughs> and so River and I are singing this, and she's like, "This is the bear from last year," <laughs> yes, and I was, was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and so every time we heard that, I'm serious. I bet we did that many times this year when we heard that song. Yeah, we would say, just... "This is bear. We're gonna get that bear. We're gonna get that bear. We're looking for someone like you." <laughs> and okay. we'd see this huge image of this giant world class chocolate mm-hmm. bear that slipped through our fingers. But yes, you know, we learned from it, and so that brings us to 2019. Yes. Okay. And you know, honestly. Coming off the mountain last year, I'm not sure that you wanted to go back up on the mountain. That is a really special mountain because every single time we would walk up that mountain and I'd get settled in that tree stand and I'd be like, I am never doing this again. Like, it was not easy. And it yeah. kind of sounds ridiculous when you say it's just a mile and a half. But, like, it was not easy to get back. It was not easy to get back up there. Yeah. And, I mean, I had a concussion that whole season and I had a fractured rib. And like that hurts. Like it, it was nothing still about have that. Headaches was easy. To this day and yeah, yes. Like it was hard to get up there. Yeah, so th- that's the that's the one problem with like video. Like you watch this twelve minute video that we made and you kind of feel like everything was just like perfect. Like you see the tribulation, but it was tough. It it really was. And it like, really like was. yeah, River would River would I mean, be I, like, there would be times where we get up that mountain and it'd be so hot. We would have been walking for a long time and I had a concussion. Yeah. And we would get up there and it was just like I could hardly like and I had a pretty bad concussion. I could hardly it was just it was hard. Like it was just, yeah. it was hard. And we would go up there again and again and again. And every time we'd come out of there without a bear. And one time we came out of there and we were like, I'm gonna have to go back up here tomorrow and track a bear that I just wounded. That was hard. That was tough. That man, that was very that was hard for me. I came back and it took me about a week to get back on track mentally uh-huh. or just to get excited about hunting again. Yeah, I mean, it was it was ridiculously hard. And every time we go up that mountain, I would say, I am going down this mountain and I'm never coming back. Yeah. And then I didn't get a bear and I was like, I'm going to have to come back next year. 
Yeah. Like you can't just end it like this. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, well, it we weren't even sure that we were going to be able to bait back up there this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because of the time commitments and it, it just, it just takes your whole season basically mm-hmm. or the, the first of your season. But we, we were like, yeah, we're, we're going to do it. And, uh, and so we started baiting bears this year on about September 15th again. Yeah. And uh, we had a new mule. We went up there. We we put out bait. Um, and, I mean, basically we went in there and hunted. And, and we didn't have uh, – we had some really good bears coming in, but this year was way different than last year. Last year was a pretty incredible year for bears responding to bait because of the lack of mass crop here. And this year, mass crop was heavy. And uh, so I knew the odds were going to be harder. But uh, we, we, we shot the bow all summer. I was I was wishing you'd shot a little bit more at times, mm-hmm. didn't I? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you did good. You, River's a good shot. And uh, we we practiced. River went up there, baited with me. We set everything up. And we we came back on opening day, which this year was uh, September twenty. I don't remember. 29th, 28th. Um, it was actually the second day of the season when you killed the bear. Yeah, it, yeah. But we went in there and and we we sat for several hours and only saw two smaller bears, mm-hmm. which by this point this was the only time that River was going to get to hunt was basically these two days and I knew that the next weekend the bears would be gone so it was like man if we're going to make this happen we got to make it happen River and so I was just and I, like I was just like I'm not getting off this mountain like I wasn't I did not want to leave without a bear and like yeah. I didn't last time but this time it was like if it's dark and there's a smaller bear yeah I, I would and I was with you and I was it. trying to take all the pressure off for any type of size or anything because you know at at different times i would have you know probably influenced you not to take a smaller bear so we were just like hey let's just go kill a bear i mean that's kind of the way i took it It was like let's just go kill a bear up there mm-hmm. we got the mules we can call it off and, and i i wanted to test my mules i wanted to see this whole system work which is if we kill a bear back there can we get it out mm-hmm. number one um and yeah i just wanted to test the whole system and kind of reap some of the reward of all the work that we'd done. Yeah. And so we go up there, and and and, and it's we're, it's not real promising what we're seeing. Um, and right at dark, right at dark on the second day of the season, I, we see a big bear come in from the south on the horizon. And did you see him up there? Did yeah. They, oh yeah. You could. And you could just tell sixty, seventy yards big. away, and uh-huh. you could just you could just tell it was a mature boar. But the wind had supposed to have been blowing out of the, the south, and it was blowing directly out of the north, which was sending our scent right up where this bear was. I knew for sure that he was smelling us. Well, he just kind of disappears, and I just think, well, it's a done deal. He's not coming in. Well, it starts to get dark. I mean, so dark that you could only see about 40 yards probably, and I see the bobbin tan nose of a bear out there and just a silhouette of black. And I see this bear bobbing his head out there at about 40 yards. And I go, River, he's right. He's over there. And I watch him and watch him. And he's sitting on his rump and he's just, they just, it's almost like he's just, he's torn. Like he wants to come in, but he knows that, that we're somewhere around. He, he just had to have. And I just watched him just 
bob his head and bob his head and move around. And and finally, when it just got dark enough, and I've seen older boars do this several times. It doesn't always happen. But when it got to just like a certain point, he was just like, okay, I'm going in. It's dark enough. And I mean, he just walked right in. And it was probably within minutes of being not being able to shoot. It was that dark. And you can see on the camera, it was dark. I didn't know if River could see her pins or not. And I sh- we sure weren't going to mess around and, and take a bad shot. Mm-hmm. And so I just said, if you can see your pins, pull your bow back and just see what you can see. So she pulls her bow back and I'm focused on filming and I've got my right ear turned to her. Okay. I am basically deaf in my right ear. Yes, he is. And River is at full draw and this bear is like at like probably 10 yards and she's not shooting. She's not shooting. She's not shooting. He was a little bit quarter and two, right? Quarter, he was quarter yeah, and two? Yeah, quarter and two. And I, I was just trying to make sure that he wasn't like... I was just, I was so scared of getting a bad shot. Yeah. Like what happened last year, I did not want it to happen again. Yeah. yeah. And so I was going to like take my time and I was trying to ask him. I was trying to. You were, you were talking to me and I couldn't yeah, hear you. Yeah, I was trying to just be, I was just like, he's not too turned, right? He's not too turned. And, and so. Well, you were saying, can I shoot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you, isn't that what you were saying? You were yeah, like, can I just shoot? Just trying to make sure can that he wasn't. Can I shoot? Can I yeah. shoot? And And I'm thinking, but not saying anything. I'm thinking, shoot, shoot. And finally, she's held the bow for so long, I lean around the tree and I say, let your bow down. And she lets her bow down. And I say, could you see your sights? And she said, yeah. And I said, why didn't you shoot? She said, I was asking you if I could shoot. And I said, shoot. <laughs> yeah. Is that about the way yeah, it happened? Yeah, and when you said let your bow down, I thought you were going to tell me not to shoot it. Well, I don't know why, but I, I was like, I told oh, you let your bow down because you held it for so long. Yeah. I was afraid you were going to get tired and maybe make yeah. a bad shot. And so when you let your bow down... I said, could you see your pins? Yeah. And you said, yeah. And I said, well, why didn't you shoot? And you said, I mean, the way I remember it was you were like, well, I was asking you if I could shoot. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, well, I didn't hear you. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, we obviously weren't yelling. We were whispering. <laughs> yeah. And I just said, pull your bow back and shoot that bear. Okay. And, yeah. and so she pulls her bow back and just has no trouble finding her pin, putting it on this bear, and boom. And man... When I heard that arrow hit, I knew we were in the chips. You can hear it on the video. Yeah, you that's a hear. classic pass through, you know, cavity shot. And uh, I mean, it just and yeah. and I knew it passed through. And I uh, did not at first. I was actually very very nervous. Which is wild because it's a you're pulling forty five pounds, and we were shooting one of those uh, day six Evo hundred grain broadheads, mm-hmm. which is a good bow. Or a good, a really good cut on impact, sharp broadhead, and uh, and I'm like, how did it feel? How did it feel? And she's like, it felt good. It felt good. Anyway, we crawl down, and River goes over there and finds her arrow, and it's just coated in blood. Yeah, I mean, just like I remember telling the guys that I called afterwards, I was like, man, she picked up the arrow, and her hand was just covered in blood after picking up that arrow. Yeah. I mean, you know, meaning it's a good shot. And what what we didn't realize is it was a little bit far back. And it, was, and it was probably a liver shot, probably a one lung liver shot. The bear was slightly quartering too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we track, and, and again, you got to remember, we're a long ways from the truck. Now it is black dark because mm-hmm. we waited about 20 minutes before we 
even got down. So, I mean, it's like black, dark. We're long ways from the truck. Um, we don't have cell rank. We got cell coverage up on top, but not when we're off the side. And anyway, we tracked the bear for a little while and, and figure out that it was, the hit was a little bit far back mm-hmm. by a few things we saw. And uh, so I was like, okay, we got to get out of here. So we we dropped off the mountain and came back the next morning. Mm-hmm. And I actually had to put a pretty good track job on the bear. Found him about probably, he probably ran 300 yards yeah. through a pawpaw thicket. Ryan Greb, my good buddy Ryan Greb came and Forrest Teeter came. Mm-hmm. And we brought the mules up. And uh, I mean, we found the bear fairly easily. But still, we had to work. We, you know, we blood trailed him for three hundred yeah, yards. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing about this hunt that was easy. So we get up to the bear, and it's it's a beautiful big boar. Uh, Ryan and I both felt like he probably weighed in the three hundred twenty five pound range, which is a a good bear. He had a big old head. Mm-hmm. Um, I would later green score the the skull at over nineteen inches, which is like. You know, Pope and Young's eighteen inches. I mean, that's a that's a big bear. Guys go to Canada and don't kill bears that big. It's a beautiful bear. In the night, the bear had been scavenged on by another bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bear had come in and basically gutted him for us. Mm-hmm. It was pretty wild. It I mean, was it, it was almost it was like weird. a. He didn't eat any of the meat. He didn't tear up the hide except on the belly, and uh, basically he, that bear ate the guts out of that bear, which was pretty wild. Um, And while we were skinning your bear, a bear came in on us and got about eight. It was coming back to the the carcass to get some more dinner. The wind was in our favor, and the bear got to about eight yards from us. And we just sat there, and we're just going to watch it, you know. And uh, it spooked when it finally saw us or got downwind of us one. And then we... uh, we couldn't get the mules right to where the bear was at because of how thick it was. So we hauled all the quarters and all the meat and hide out to the mules. And this was actually Izzy's first time to uh, carry uh, a bear hide. She'd carried bear meat. And uh, it took a little bit of convincing, but we got the bear hide on her back. And Ace, our old mule, Colby's mule, uh, carried uh, carried the meat, no problem. I mean, he could have carried less about the smell of the bear he was just like let's go let's go home mm-hmm. so he we put the, all the quarters on him and came off the mountain man and that's our story yeah and river got her bear you you i i calculated i think you passed 11 bears yeah I think and so. and now uh, you know we let one get away yeah uh, so i'm not counting that was a pass yeah so yeah, yeah. um you passed 11 bears and some of them were nice nice bears but just mm-hmm. not not big older males and, um, yeah, that's our story. Yeah. You want to do it again? Go bear hunting? Yeah. Of course. What are we going to do next year? <laughs> I'll probably have to kill one not on a bait. Yeah. I don't know what I want to do. It's so much work up there. <laughs> yes, um, it's incredible bear hunting, though. Yeah. it. That was one of the most shocking things is that we would sit, like that first bear I killed, and then the other two years that I hunted, I mean, I would sit on that bait for hours and just, I mean, we saw one we bear We watched bears day. all day long. And we got up there and like, we had just got settled in and a bear walked up and just came to the bottom of the tree and shook it. Yeah. And that bear left and seconds later, another bear came. And it was like that all day long. I mean, we got yeah. to watch silent cubs. Yeah. And it like, it was 
that was crazy. And it was amazing. Yeah. And, like, that's something that can't really be appreciated unless you're, like, sitting in a tree. Yeah. With the bear at the base of your tree, shaking your tree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a great, it was a great experience. And, uh, you know, it, it, at the end of the video, I kind of give a charge about guarding the gate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's something really beautiful, really powerful about in modern times to be able to hunt a majestic beast as awesome as a bear. Mm-hmm. And in Arkansas and in all the places that we can, it's an incredible privilege to be able to hunt a bear. It really is. And, it to, really and, is. To, and to eat a bear. Mm-hmm. I mean, we eat bear meat. We're, we eat bear meat all the time. Mm-hmm. Healthy, organic, good meat. People come to our house that aren't hunters and eat it and mm-hmm. like it. Mm-hmm. Do they not? Oh, yeah. Am I just making that up? <laughs> no. Yeah, I, we could name names of all the people that yeah, come to our real, house. Real. Uh, and Bear Newcomb has been winning uh, some bets at school. There's a <laughs> yes. there's a little boy at school that is not from. He's let's just say he's not from Arkansas, and uh, he knows that we hunt. He's a great, good little boy. He's our friend, but he he found out. You know, he he's kind of new, and he knows that we're hunters, and he has no context for hunting at all. And so he's like asking my son bear, "Why are y'all hunting? Why are y'all hunting bears? Why are you even killing them? You just like to kill them." And bear's like, "No, yeah, we do like to kill them, but we eat them and we use the hide and we, it's it's good." And bear said he quote unquote gave him the conservation speech, <laughs> and uh, and so this little boy was like, "No, you don't eat bears." And wild meat. They were talking about deer hunting and bear hunting. And bear said, "I bet you a dollar tonight we will eat wild game at our house." Yeah. And uh, and and that night he came home and he said, "Dad, what are we having for dinner?" And I said, "Bear chili." I th- we have bear chili. What do we have? No, yeah, it was, it was, no, it was bear uh, nachos. Oh yeah, it, it was a uh, ranch bean bear nachos. That's what yeah. we have. And he said, "Yes." And I said, "Why are you saying that?" And he said, ah, "I just want to bet with <laughs> such and such." And then so it came back to the next day. And Bear said, I bet you two, uh, did he bet him two dollars? Did they bet a dollar? Yeah, yeah, and the bets keep going up. Okay, that's, that's the way I heard it. He's like, I'm, well, we're going to have to tell him to stop. Um, <laughs> he, he, they're, he's done. He, he, they're, they, they're just kind of joking. They're yeah. really not exchanging money. But Bear well, was like, I bet you two dollars that we eat wild game tonight at our house. Uh-huh. And Bear had no knowledge. And he comes home and he says, Dad, what are we doing? And I said, man, we're having fried deer meat tonight and potatoes. And he was like, yes. And I was like, yeah, I know it's good dinner. And he's like, no, I'm happy because... <laughs> I want another bet. About to get some money. And so, now a point being, the, the the lifestyle that we live, we're we're privileged to be able to live it, and uh, and and guarding the gate. What guarding the gate means is that the bear hunting is the lowest rung on the ladder for the anti hunting community to enter into our sphere of hunting. It really is. Mm-hmm. They're not after elk hunters. They're not after dove hunters. They're not after duck hunters. They are after bear hunters, and. So bear hunters in 2019, we have got to have a powerful narrative and a powerful ethic for why we do what we do. And, you know, uh, we talk about it all the time, but I mean, hunting over bait is highly selective and and you were a powerful display of that, young lady. (laughs) You passed 11 bears. You passed juveniles and females and waited for an older, mature male. Mm -hmm. And my buddy Brad Green always tells me that I need to say that that's not always the best thing for conservation. Some management plans want you to take 
whatever bear or whatever mm-hmm. type of animal. Because there's sometimes when they're trying to reduce the population, mm-hmm. you know. So I will say that. I mean, it, it's not every bear hunter shouldn't always just do what we're doing. But mm-hmm. so um, that's true. But guard the gate means having an intimate knowledge of why we do what we do, why we use hounds as a management tool for bears, why we use bait as a management tool, why it's ethical. It's actually a really ethical way to hunt bears because mm-hmm. you you know where they're going to be standing. You can set up your tree stand in such a way that you're going to get a good shot. Um, you get to age these bears, sex these bears. You know where the sows are. You know where you know you know the sows that have cubs because of pictures. And it's like it's actually a really clinical way to manage mm-hmm. bears. Also highly challenging. Also very difficult to kill an older mature male over bait, and super exciting and and adventurous. I mean, I think we hunt for a lot of different reasons. We hunt because hunting is a management tool. We hunt because we want meat, hide, claw, and fang. Of we want wildlife related commodities. We want bear oil that's sitting in our window, like right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also hunt because we're hunters mm-hmm. and we love it and we want adventure and we don't want to just be office clerks all of our life. And some yeah. parts of our life we have to be office clerks, yeah. but then the other parts of our life we get to go out into wild places and have adventures and interact in, in beautiful places with majestic animals. Yeah. And that is an experience that is powerful, and that yeah, is what true. that's what people that don't hunt don't understand, and it's not their fault. They just they've they've never seen it. They don't know. Yeah, you can't have like when people. If you're gonna respect that animal, there's nothing that'll teach you how to respect a bear more than looking at it like head on and staring in the eyes of like a mm-hmm. monster bear or or walking up to a bear that you just killed and laying your hands on that bear and knowing mm-hmm. no man has probably ever even mm-hmm. seen this and much less touched it. Mm-hmm. Like that's like, that is the most beautiful thing in the world yeah. is, is putting in all that work and hiking up that yeah. mountain and, and just like watching bears all day. Like that's how you gain respect. Yeah. And there's nobody in the world that can respect those bear more than people that have done that. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Well, we got to remember that the people that are, the, the the anti-hunting world of the people that don't know hunting, they're they're not our enemies in a sense. Right. A lot, most of them just don't know. Mm-hmm. And those are the people that we're trying to influence. Is the people that don't know, like this little boy at school, mm-hmm. who now we'll bring him around the corner at some point, and he'll be like, "Yeah, what they're doing is good. It's a it's a good way to gather meat for your family." Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, and we've got to tell our story or somebody else will tell it for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that being a hunter makes you a better human if you do it right. It really does. Did we not on that mountain, River Newcomb, when we came off that mountain, I said, let's make a deal. I said, I think God has helped us. You killed this bear. I think, and, and we, ta- we, we talked about a few parameters for your life that we felt like needed, to, needed an upgrade, didn't we? Yeah, That's did. an honorable thing. I'm not saying anything <laughs> negative. And I said, okay, well, let's do that. I said, we've, we have partaken of this wonderful thing that we just did together. Two years, a two-year adventure to take this one animal. Let's leverage that and make, it, make us be better humans. Yeah. Didn't we? Yeah. We talked about school. We talked about some other things. Yeah. And and we kind of made a little 
commitment. And uh, and that's that's powerful stuff and good stuff. Yeah. So, well, we'll have to figure out what we're going to do next year. Yeah. But uh, no, it was awesome. So yeah, check out check out the the video's called Rivers Bear. It's on the Bear Hunting Magazine YouTube channel. And hey, the best thing that you could do for us is go subscribe to our YouTube channel, watch our videos, and comment. Like it helps us to comment. The other thing that you could do for us, as far as an ask, is uh, leave a leave a review of this podcast, like a written review. Even if you just say this podcast is good or this whatever, if, just leave us a leave us a review. Give us some give us some stars on how we're doing. And uh, we're about to pound out some really great content. I think I'm going to go on a podcast tour over in Tennessee, maybe hit Missouri. Uh, got some special guests that are going to be on. But anyway, River Newcomb, thank you. Anything you'd like to say <laughs> to the peeps out there in the podcast world? How about you say... <laughs> you don't want to say that? Awesome. Keep the wild places wild because that's where the bears live. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today.